One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Guys! In a row? Welcome to Nine Guys Dynasty Football. I am Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth master of the dumpster dive. And I'm here with Magna Mills. And we're going to talk about the dynasty value of nine guys in a row. Thank you, sir. I am Magna Mills, and thank you for checking out Nine Guys Dynasty, presented by Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. You can find our podcast wherever you get your pods by searching for Seize the Gap. You can find us on social media at Seize the Gap FF. And you can find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. If you could, please take a second to like, comment, follow, subscribe, rate. One of those things, wherever you are, only takes you a couple seconds. Really helps us out. Helps people find the show. We appreciate it. Please and thank you. Always with the manners, the Magnum Mills. And we're into the playoffs in most Dynasty Leagues. So you can probably can't make any more trades. And there probably aren't many good waiver wire pickups this week. Unless you're in a very shallow league. Given that... We're just going to talk about nine guys who we could see their values change after the week 14 performance. All right, man. I'll get us started here right off the top with the hero of Thursday night football, one Baker Mayfield. Obviously, we're really just talking about his value in super flex leagues here. I'm really not interested at all in one quarterback leagues. He turns 28 next April. He will be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. And quite honestly, we're going to discuss a couple of other quarterbacks here. I think I prefer them. But after watching Mayfield on Thursday night, I figured it out. I know who he reminds me of, Nick Foles. We saw Foles play like a half a season at MVP level. We saw him win a Super Bowl. He's kind of the microwave dude, like the dude of the NBA. You'd bring in off the bench to kind of jumpstart the offense, get you a couple buckets. That's what Baker Mayfield is, I think. He's a good backup, maybe a change of pace guy. Could start three or four games with you. You know, we saw him come in cold, 48 hours, all that. So I think that's really what his destiny is. But unless he totally face plants, I think someone's going to at least let him come in, compete for a job next year, even if it's when he ultimately begins to be a backup going forward. I think someone's still going to be a little bit tempted because he does have kind of that, you know, that moxies, put some stuff on film. People like it, but still at the end of the day, for me, I think he's just kind of a high end, you know, backup quarterback in the NFL. So I'm not really looking to acquire him. And if you picked him up for cheap, you know, you just got him in a random throwing in a deal or someone caught him and you picked him up. I'd say as soon as trading open back up again, go ahead, get whatever you can for him. Let's go with the proverbial yin to Baker Mayfield Yang. And let's talk about Sam Darnold. He's younger than you think, guys, even though it feels like he's been in the league forever. He'll just be 26 this June. He will also be an unrestricted free agent this upcoming season. Since being reinstated as the Panthers' starting quarterback, I got to say, he's been pretty solid. Far from spectacular, but pretty solid. That doesn't do much for fantasy owners, but it might be enough to keep him in the mix for a starting job next season. After everything he's been through in Carolina, I do not see him remaining there unless he actually manages to lead the Panthers to the playoffs. There's a chance... Uh, I'm telling you there's a chance, and there's a chance they can keep him around as a bridge quarterback if they draft one early, but that's far from ideal for fantasy owners. The main issue here, as far as I can see it, is his age and his physical talent. He's still young and talented, so you can see why teams keep getting pulled back in to the Sam Darnold magic. He's not somebody I'm going to go out of my way to target, but you can't dismiss him entirely. One thing we learned this season is that it's better to dumpster dive at quarterback 
than it is to overpay for any quarterback who's not a legitimate star. Keep an eye on him and consider uh, making a vulture move uh, kind of offer for him in Superflex leagues once trading opens back up. I mean, if Geno Smith can do it, right? I mean, that's going to be the thing, right? So as much as I'd like to talk about Geno Smith, before we get to him, there's a quarterback who I think balled out really hard this week that I'd like to talk about. And he was another guy that was kind of a little bit of a punchline going into the season, and that's Jared Goff. A little bit older than those guys. He turns 29 next October. And Detroit has him under contract for two more years at about uh, you know, 26 27 million, not that much. And they can move on from him with a dead cap charge of about 10 million. But the way it's sounding right now, Detroit's probably going to stick with him. Maybe it will be kind of as a bridge quarterback if they do draft one early because they have that Los Angeles Rams first round pick. That looks like it's going to be a top five pick at worst. You know, Baker Mayfield's doing his best to, to fuck the lines over a little bit there. But man, he looked good against the Vikings. Goff went 27 to 39, 330, three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. I mean, that's a pretty good game, man. I can't really poke a lot of holes in it. And this is a guy who like three years ago was the highest paid player in the league. And now if you look at his cap numbers, he's actually like slightly below average as far as starting quarterback numbers. So put it this way, he was probably overdrafted being the first player taken in the draft, but he was still a first round talent. I think at this point, he's probably gotten a bad knock, but that could help you out because I think he's got a few years of sustainable production here and somebody might be willing to sell him kind of cheap or at least for less than he's actually worth because he's named Jared Goff. And think about it, whoever owns him at this point, it's probably not his original owner. Back in the day in the Superflex League, you probably had to draft him first or second overall. So it's, he was probably caught or thrown in on a trade or something like that. So whoever owns him now probably didn't pay much for him. So they might look at it as a deal. Say they picked him up for a third or off the waiver wire, and now you're going to give him a second-round pick for it? I think he could be worth more than that, but someone might be willing to sell. So I think it's worth, at least, if you're in a Superflex League, go around to all your Superflex Leagues, find out who owns golf, and just see where they're at on him. If it looks like they're you know just happy to get out with what they think is a little profit, I might make a deal for him. If they really believe in golf, I'm not going to get into you know paying anything of significant value for him. I was going to move on to running back, but I think there's one more quarterback that fits our theme that we got going on here. You mentioned him before, and I'm going to talk about him here, and that's Geno Smith. The guy turns 33 years old next October. He'll also be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Now, he's come back down to earth a bit after that hot, blistering start where he only threw four interceptions in his first 10 games, and now he's thrown four in his last three games. He's looked good. But there's part of me that's a bit worried. Maybe he's being propped up by a system and like two elite wide receivers. He's looked good, but there's a part of me that definitely worries. You know, I mean, look at look at look at Russell Wilson, how he's fared since leaving. Who knows what happens next season? The Seahawks have a high enough pick from Denver to have a chance at drafting one of the top quarterbacks in the 2023 draft. Coming back to Seattle on the franchise tag feels probably like the most likely scenario here. The Seahawks could theoretically franchise Geno and draft a quarterback. No matter where he plays, assuming he's healthy, he's going to be a starting quarterback for somebody next year. He doesn't have a ton of mileage on him, and he's his playing style should age pretty well. So, I mean, I think he could start for two, maybe three more years in super flex leagues I would consider trying to acquire him if I have a roster that looks like a contender, but I have a hole at at quarterback. 
because he was acquired on the cheap by his current owner, the price on him will vary. I'm not giving up any early to mid 2023 first round picks for him, but I'd probably be willing to, to part with a late first or an early second round pick. There's one big lesson to take away from this season. You're much better off acquiring a couple of cheap quarterbacks than you are by overpaying for a mid-range quarterback. And that really is, you know, preach, baby, preach. That really is the main lesson to be learned here. Think about all these guys that everyone was, they were last round picks kind of in your season long leagues. They were on the waiver wire in some super flex leagues. And even after a little bit, you know, no one kind of believes in him. So it's going to be a very interesting off season for the quarterback position. Uh, let's move on from quarterback onto the running backs. Talk about one of uh, Geno Smith's opponents from last week. And that's the uh, Carolina Panthers running back, Chuba Hubbard. He turns 24 years old in June. He has two years left on his rookie deal. And both Hubbard and Dante Foreman rushed for exactly 74 yards against the Seahawks. But Hubbard got there in 14 carries while it took Foreman 21 carries to get there. Hubbard also found the end zone and caught all three of his targets for 25 yards. While he's still there for two more years, Dante Foreman is a free agent next offseason, and he's going to be looking for a fairly solid raise over what he got this year, but not to the point where he will be unaffordable, so he could have a bunch of teams that are interested in him. I don't see Carolina spending significant money on a free agent running back or drafting one, say, before the fourth round at the earliest. And Hubbard was a divisive prospect when he came in. He had some people who really loved him, some people who really hated him, and not a ton of people in the middle but ironically, I would say that he's at least proven to be an average NFL running back. I think there is some upside here, especially if he's heavily involved in the passing game. And I think the absolute worst case scenario for him is that he's the RB2 for the Panthers next season. They do bring someone else in. They bring Foreman back, something like that. And he's more of the, you know, the RB2 as opposed to the 1B kind of deal, maybe stuck in a 70-30 split or something. But there's also a scenario where he is fantasy relevant. The, they make a good hire, whether it's keeping Steve Wilkes, whatever. They get their shit in order a little bit, just to be frank. And I think, you know, starting running backs, you want them. They're hard to get. And I think he's going to be cheap. And unless the Panthers surprise me, I think he'll have a path to at least, you know, maybe being in a 50-50 timeshare with a little bit of upside on top of that. And really for a guy you can acquire for basically next to nothing, that's all you can ask for. I've got another young running back for you. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs rookie running back, Isaiah Pacheco. He turns 24 in March. He's got three seasons left on his rookie contract. And he was pretty good against the Broncos, 13 carries, 70 yards. He should be a guy that you can lock in as, as an RB2 down the stretch. But what about next year? Now, it seems obvious that the Chiefs will probably decline the fifth-year option on Clyde Edwards-Alaire's contract. He'll still be there next year, though. And unless you're willing to use you know, Clyde Edwards, Flair, or Pacheco in the passing game, there'll probably be a third running back involved. And then there's still the real chance that the Chiefs spend some kind of draft capital on a running back or invest in a free agent. Now, I like Pacheco. I think he runs hard, can hit the hole, got a little bit of violence to him, but I don't know that he's a special talent. And we've seen the Chiefs turn good running backs into great running backs before. I think this is another case of that. I don't think I'll be buying them in the offseason. I might sell whatever shares of them I have if I can find trade partners who think that he'll be in the Chiefs. He'll be the Chiefs' unquestioned starter at running back going forward. I'm not convinced he will be. And that's even the deal, right? It looks like the Chiefs can comfortably support two running backs. We saw, you know, he had an okay game. McKinnon had a great game, but they've both been usable since CEH went down or was, you know, taken out of the rotation. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B with the injury. 
So, yeah, it's Andy Reid running backs, really, for the most part. You want to own them, and he's used rotations before in Philadelphia. But if somebody thinks that, you know, he's going to become Jamal Charles or something like that, and they're, you know, willing to pay that kind of price for him, then I would check out. But, again, he's another dude. Most people who have him, they got him in the fourth, fifth round of the rookie draft, picked him up on, you know, the, the waiver wire. So they had a cheap cost of acquisition. So it, the valuations of him will kind of be – all over the place, depending on who believes, who doesn't. So it's always worth kind of checking in on his owners there. And I want to stay consistent here. I talked about a Detroit Lions wide receiver last week. So this week, I'm going to do the same thing. But instead of Amon Ross St. Brown, instead of DJ Chark, we're going to talk about rookie wide receiver Jameson Williams. Dude is very young, turns 22 next March. He has three seasons and a team option remaining on his rookie deal. He only drew two targets last week, but he made them count, catching a 41-yard touchdown. A little bit of a broken play, but he walked in. You can see just, you know, this dude can fly. And because DJ Chark's on a one-year contract, my guess is that he replaces Chark as the Lions' primary deep threat next year, working in tandem with Amon Ross St. Brown. And this is a guy, despite having not played, being drafted 10th overall with a torn ACL, like two months fresh off a torn ACL, three months maybe. But you get the idea. And I tried all year. No one was parting with this dude. They were valuing him like, you know, a guy who was drafted in the top six picks of rookie drafts. And given that, and now that he's come out and done this, yeah, good luck. You're really not going to be able to trade for him unless you're willing to pay probably top 12 maybe top 15 wide receiver values and that basically means at least a high first round pick here so i am probably not going to go there but i am interested in the lions going forward i think he makes a nice hold whether golf is the answer at quarterback or not they've got a good line they've got draft picks in the pipeline they've got young talent a lot of things to like about the lions i think they're a team on the upswing here so definitely holding on if i own him and if not you know i'll definitely be sniffing around during the rookie draft it doesn't look like it's going to be the deepest wide receiver class. If you're looking for a young wide receiver, I might consider checking out, you know, if I can find someone who's say willing to give to me for the six pick or something like that, this six pick somewhere in the range of where he was drafted last year, I might consider it based on the composition of my team or, you know, kind of what my, the positions I'm targeting in the rookie draft. Well, I feel a bit bad here because this guy is most definitely one of your dudes but I'm going to pull the trigger anyways. Let's talk about tight end streaming option of the year. We seem to talk about him every week in season-long leagues. And that's Evan Ingram. The Jacksonville Jaguars tight end turns 29 next September. He only signed a one-year deal with the Jags this past offseason. So he will be an unrestricted free agent this upcoming offseason. And this was it. This was the huge game we've all been waiting for for years from Evan Ingram. He had 11 receptions, 15 targets, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, we can say and poke holes in, in the balloon regarding his inconsistency, but every time he gets some real volume, he seems to get the job done. The tight end position is an absolute mess, just, just wasteland across the NFL. So I'm pretty confident Ingram finds another starting job next season. I think the odds are that he probably just gets a new contract to stay in Jacksonville, pairing him with Trevor Lawrence. Given his relatively low usage so far in his career, I'm not that worried about him already being 29 next September. I mean, their situations are very, very, very different. But I could see him having a career kind of like Darren Waller in, in his late 20s and into his 30s, his early 30s, if he's in an offense that features him. I think he'll be a good player to, that I'm targeting early this offseason on teams where I need help at tight end, which is most. 
most of the teams I need help on tight end. I'll be willing to chase him before free agency as I highly doubt he lands in an unfavorable situation. And given the contract he's going to be asking for and receiving, nobody's going to sign him and then not use him. Unless, of course, you're Bill Belichick signing uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Hey, I mean, Johnny Smith has played some reps at fullback here. I mean, I'd say it's more like, uh, you know, uh, your boy over there in Cincinnati electing to keep T. Higgins healthy and then not let him play. Uh, Zach Taylor, I'm uh, you can take a while for me to, to get over that one. I'm, I'm, I'm very unhappy about that. But since we're doing tight ends, we're going to press forward in uh, rookie tight uh, Let's talk about Cade Otten. Cade Otten of the Buccaneers turns 24 in April, three seasons left on his rookie deal. And Cameron Bate was healthy last week, but Otten got the start, drew more targets. So I think he's officially overtaken Bate as the Bucs starting tight. And he's had at least five targets in five of his last six games. So he's definitely coming on. Not the greatest athleticism, but he's got excellent size, 6'5", 247, decent draft capital. He was an early fourth round pick. At the end of the day, he's probably one of these guys that's going to profile better as a real-life player than a fantasy option because he is actually useful as a blocker as opposed to someone like Evan Ingram or Mike Gusecki or what have you. That's going to keep him on the field. It is promising that he's been productive as a rookie. We like all productive rookies, but especially at the tight end position. As you know, sometimes it takes three, four years for players to break out there. So anybody who's producing early on is worth looking at. Shout out Chris Herndon. And maybe the problem is, you know, it's not waterfalls, but we're chasing unicorns. We love the Kyle Pitts of the world, these crazy athletic freaks. But, you know, maybe Otten is the guy we should be looking at a little more, who, again, falls under the radar because of his, you know, less than stellar athleticism for a regular human. Obviously, he's a big, giant human being playing in the NFL. He's not unathletic. He just doesn't have the juice of a guy like Evan Ingram when he came out or, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, who, again, is like kind of the ultimate you know the vernon davis just like the prototype eric ebron when he came out these just kind of massive fast human beings that look like you know wide receivers but you know you'd use the, like the cheat mode in the the video game to make them like twice as big as they should be or something like that i think because of that lack of an athletic profile because we don't know what's going to happen with the bucks going forward he is going to be an afterthought to a lot of teams they're probably just using him now because they don't have a lot of options at tight end so he's someone i'll be interested in kind of like you said before making a couple little vulture offers in the offseason getting the idea if you know especially if brady moves on there might be owners who are just like oh yeah this was this one dude i started for a couple weeks back in the day it's not going to happen whatever you know i feel like the bucks owe me a tight end after that whole oj howard debacle I feel like you owe me Tampa Bay, so I'm coming to collect here in K-Dot. Getting Otten here. That was Nine Guys Dynasty, presented by Seeds to Gap Fantasy Football. Thank you for listening or watching. We greatly appreciate it. If you could, go ahead right this second and take the one second it takes to like this YouTube video or rate the podcast wherever you're listening. Helps other people find our show. We appreciate it. Magnum Mills, did I miss anything? I mean, not really. We could complain about the injuries for a while. I mean, especially the very fresh Kyler Murray injury. It's been rough out there. So, you know, just stick with it. Season can be a little bit of a biatch sometimes, but that's fantasy football. You literally cannot win them all. You just need to win the important ones. And that's what you have to tell people. You win the important ones, like making sure you listen to nine guys wherever you get your pods by searching for Seize the Gap. Follow us on social media. At Seize Gap FF. Make sure you don't miss an episode. And if you want to watch us, check us out on YouTube. Easiest way to find that, just go to joeblowfootballshow.com. And that's it. That's all you got to do. Thanks again. On behalf of myself, Magna Mills, and Jamie G, 
Once again, good luck to you in the Dynasty playoffs or rebuilding whatever you got going on. Thanks again. We enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week to do nine more guys in a row. Playoff guys. Yeah.